Welcome back this morning as we kick off our new sermon series, The War of the Gods. I hope it blesses your heart. And I also hope you'll enjoy this short video clip from our trip to Haiti. Hi, my name is Brittany. A couple weeks ago, a team of us went to Haiti. Um, and we did a pastor's conference. And the women who went worked with the women and children in the church. While I was there, um, we worked with the women that were in the church. And we did a short Bible study on, um, on how they are... They are pearls. They are one of a kind. They are um, they're special to God, and they're here for a reason. We also worked with the children in the church, and we taught them how they are kings and queens in God's eyes, and how one day they're going to rule with Him in heaven, and they are they have a purpose here on earth, and that they are special also to God. We made paper crowns with the children, and we helped them to see that they are special and that they mean something to us and to, and to Christ. Overall, it was a great trip to go on, and God definitely used us while we were down there. It was such a blessing to be able to meet the people in Haiti and be able to hang out with the kids and the women um, and just see God move through their lives. This morning, if you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn to two passages, one will be in Old Testament the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, we'll find our place there. And then also, if you'll turn to the book of Galatians, these will be our two background scriptures for the whole series. In your Bible, I want to read in the book of Exodus first. It's not going to be on the screen because I want you to turn there. In the book of Exodus, I really want you to get this one. The book of Exodus, we find ourselves in chapter 20 and verse 4. Here's what it says. Do not make an idol for yourself. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For the Lord your God says, I am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Showing my faithful love to all of those for thousands of generations. Boy, isn't that a great verse? Boy, everybody gets hung up on that one where he says he punishes those who don't listen. And uh, they say, man, how could a God, if he's a loving God, ever punish those? And, uh, man, listen, but God has a faithful love that wants to be poured out into our hearts and into our lives in a unique way. And so this is found right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. You know that document that's been expelled from just about everywhere in the world? I mean, or in the United States, trying to eradicate it, trying to get it out of the, all the places where it might influence people. Heaven forbid that... Uh, Man, the Ten Commandments influence somebody to live their life in a positive way. Now, here's what he says. I am a jealous God. Don't make yourself a demigod. Or a trinket. Today, I believe we've made trinket gods. Gods that could almost go on a keychain. And they're little gods. And they're big in our life because they control us. But they're so powerless to do anything. They control us, but they're powerless to help us 
strengthen us or give us what we need. Man, as I was preparing for this sermon series, I found myself in the book of Galatians. You know the passage all too well. Galatians chapter 5. If you have your place there, if you'll turn there. You've heard stories of this. You've probably heard lessons on this. Matter of fact, we, we were looking, and this has been a repetitive thing in our children's ministry for quite some time. But look at what it says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Christ has liberated us into freedom. Do you believe that? Christ has liberated us into freedom. Therefore, since you have been liberated, stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. I like what one translation says, don't put on the harness. We, we don't, it's hard for us today to really envision what a yoke is. But it says, don't put on the harness, the harness of bondage that would weight us down, that would hold us back, that would tie us up. So here's what Paul says, my little brothers and sisters in Christ in the church of Galatia, you have been liberated. You have been set free. Christ has died for you. Christ has liberated you. The God, the triune God, the omnipotent God, and he has set you free. Therefore, don't go again and start making yourself a demigod, a a God who's nothing more than a trinket that can sit up on your mantle that you can bow down to and begin to worship. Now, I don't believe, you know, that some today, some people have demigods and they're in the shape of Buddha. They're in the shape of wooden images that are literally trinkets that sit on their shelf. But other ones are, they sit not on the shelf of our home, not on the mantle of our fireplace, but they sit on the throne of our life. They sit on the shelf in our heart. And they control us. They make decisions. And they begin to direct us in ways that bring us to putting on the harness of bondage again. Jesus did not die for you on the cross of Calvary for you to live a life in bondage. He did not liberate you that you might walk in in, in, in sync with the world. He set you free that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, as we look at this this morning, I want us to go a little bit further in the book of Galatians and read what it says. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, Paul says, I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you end up doing what you don't want to do. Would you circle that in your Bible? Would you circle that? I mean, can I just speak to you as a common, as, as, as peer-to-peer, as a brother who struggles every day just like you do? I'm telling you that every day we wake up, there is a struggle in our life. There is a bondage in our life, and it tries to pull us back. Listen, can I just tell you today, that you can forget that the day will ever come that your flesh and your spirit will live in harmony until you get to glory. Amen. Forget it. It's not going to happen. The desires of this world are contrary to the desires of the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, I'll tell you today, we've got so many anemic churches around us. We've got so many powerless Christians. There are so many unbelievers today that say, I do not want anything to do with Christianity. Not because our God is loveless. Not because our God is powerless. But we have so many defeated, harnessed up to the world believers that are walking in sync with the world that there's nothing different between the world and them. And can I just say that if there's nothing different between you and the world, why do you want what they what you got? I come to this conclusion quite some time ago that most people have just enough Jesus to make them miserable. Just enough to make them miserable in their sinning. Just enough to convict them. And then they wrestle with it for quite some time and they finally just cast off all restraint and run after whatever it is. Now, look with me if you would at verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. They are sexual immorality, moral impurity, and promiscuity. Now, look at this right here. As we go a little bit further and we connect the dots, let's go back to another translation. I mean, where it just simply says, the, lust of the things of the flesh are adultery and fornication. I mean, just kind of get it down to where the rubber meets the road. Road. I like what one translation says. I, I, don't, I don't preach out of this, but I always like to, for it to provoke my thoughts. And I went and I looked at this verse in the message, and I wanted to see what it had to say. Now, it's not a literal translation. It's a paraphrase, and I, I, I wouldn't recommend it for your, your everyday Bible study. But if you want to provoke your thoughts, look at this passage of Scripture and see what it says in the message. Boy, it's very interesting here as it, it begins to connect the dots. And it says, why in the world do we chase after cheap sex? Why do we chase after cheap sex and all of those things? And it just begins to bring us back to a place where, where, where it's cheapened and it locks us in bondage. Cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Isn't that something? And little bitty trinket gods. I'm telling you today, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you don't have to settle for a trinket God. You can have the God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen, there's not a war going on in the portal of glory to decide whether or not he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. The battle rages right here. In our own hearts and lives. I looked at this. In preparation over the last couple of months. For studying for this sermon series. I made a list of all of the fruits of the flesh. And then I made a list of all of the fruits of the spirit. And there's an interesting parallel. God designed us with a God spot. We have a spot in our life. That is designed for God to sit. Now, you can try to fill it with everything else. You can try to fill it with things of the world, and it will not satisfy it. It is a spot that is filled with the place that only God can fill. It's a spot that, is, that is, needs to be loved. Everybody is looking for love. Everybody is looking for hope and for joy. Matter of fact, I, I thought about this, and I, I looked up the words to, to this old song. It says, I've spent a lifetime looking for you. Single bars and good time lovers were never true. 
playing a fool's game, hoping to win, telling those sweet lies <clears throat> time and again. When I was alone and then no love in sight, and I did everything to just get me through one night. And I don't know where it all started. I don't know where it might end. But I just began to turn to strangers time and time again. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Searching your eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of. Hoping to find a friend and a lover. God bless one day I might discover somebody. God bless it. Lord help us. Now, if you know that song, you've dated yourself. <clears throat> but how true is it? I can remember as a kid, man. I can remember as a kid going to the, to the jukebox and dropping a quarter in there and playing this song. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Today, what the, the struggle with one of the first gods is the God of love. Everybody wants to be loved. And when they don't feel love, they begin to look to all the wrong places. They begin to look to all the wrong faces. They look in the bars. They look on the websites. They look in the, the, the places where lonely, hurting people go and they say, I just want to be loved. And in hopes of being loved, they end up selling out to what I call a demigod. It's the demigod, the trinket god of sex. Do you know one of the most uh, Googled words on the internet is sex videos. Over 338 million times a month, they say just that phrase is Googled. Over 2 million times a month, the word porno is Googled. What happens is people begin to confuse love and sex. They begin to confuse the two. Matter of fact, somebody once said that women use sex to get love and men use love to get sex. Now some of you just slept right through it because I thought that was pretty accurate. It says women use sex to hope to find love. Why in the world would a woman give up her body, a young, beautiful woman, why would she engage in sexual acts that she don't really want to be engaged in because she just wants some man to love her? Please let some man fill the void in my life for love that, number one, my dad never filled. And they begin to look for somebody to love her and most all women know that men love sex and as a result of that they say well if I give my body over for sex and sexual desires then some man will love me and then men say well all women really want is their emotional needs met so if I just go and love that woman then she'll give me all the sex that I want and can I just tell you that that's, a, that's two trains looking to collide it's kind of like the little boy the little boy said, a man walked up to the little boy, he said, let me ask you a question. He said, suppose one day, he said, you're out there and you're by a train track and you see two trains running together. He said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to holler RC. That man said, RC? What you going to holler RC for? Because my little buddy RC ain't never seen a wreck like that. And I am telling you, that's the kind of wreck 
that is a picture of where we are in America. People have been looking to fill the spot for love that only God can fill, and they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And as a result of looking for love, women think, if I just give my body, which is a sacred temple, that God has divinely given you and rightly blessed you with. And they say, if I just give my body over to men, men will love me. And men say, man, if I can just learn how to romance a woman and make her think she loved, she'll give me what I'm really looking after. Can I tell you that today God did not design you to seek after sex. God has designed you to look for love. And that love always points back to Him. And the love that drew salvation's plan, all the grace that brought it down to man, all the mighty gulf that God did span, all the way on Calvary's hill. I'm telling you today that the first battle that is raging in the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls, and even people that are 80 today is over the little God the little God of sex the sexual gods are huge matter of fact if you go online it just goes on and on and on many cultures many religions actually have what they call the sex God I remember one time I led this guy to Christ over uh <clears throat> over, over over online uh man i had a problem with my microsoft you ever have that little thing pop up that says tell microsoft so one day i was mad enough to tell him and so i ended up getting this guy named sunil and uh man i was in panic <clears throat> and uh i was doing some online work for my degree and uh man in the in the process of that time i was trying to turn in a report and my computer was telling me to tell Microsoft and all I wanted to do was tell Bill Gates a thing or two and uh, and uh, so man I ended up reporting this thing to Microsoft started talking to this guy named Sunil <clears throat> and uh, it, at the end I gave him my email and at that time my email was Pastor Brad at something something and man when I gave him my email he just began to ask me all kind of questions and uh, ended up leading the guy to Christ in India <clears throat> after that ended up discipling him online for a while and he got really nervous because in India he was a Hindu and in the Hindu religion I mean if you began to embrace Christianity they can disown you and he was a <clears throat> closet Christian because he was so scared that if his wife found out that he was a Christian that she could take his whole family away from him and rightfully so in under that religion <clears throat> and um Man, it was in this course of time where I was discipling him online. And uh, he began to get real nervous because there was this girl at work that began to ask him questions about Jesus. And he was so scared that she was a narc, that she was going to rat him out. And she, he's, he's like, I know this girl cannot be asking me questions about Jesus. Because she's way high in Hindu religion. Matter of fact, when she was a little girl, her parents brought her to the temple and dedicated her <clears throat> to the priest that she would be there as part of their sex gods. And the priest could come in and have sex with her and sexual relations and she would be part of the Hindu sex god. 
He said, There's, I know something's up. Well, anyway, over a course of time, I mean, what ended up happening, and he's right. This girl's job from a little child was that she would, she would live at the temple in this whacked out religion, and they would begin to have sex with her because she was dedicated as a sex object. And this whole thing began to connect the dots. And man, what happened was she was reaching out. She was reaching out because all the sex in the world was only wounding her. It was not making her whole. All the acts of what would be known as worldly pleasure was driving her crazy. And he ended up leading her to Christ. This guy ended up leaving his job and going into the ministry. He told his wife one day, he said, I'm a believer and I received Christ as my Savior. And she says, I am too. I received Christ when I was in college. And today they are sold out serving the underground church in India. Making a difference for the glory of God. I want you to know something today. God did not design sex to fulfill you. God designed sex as a fulfillment in the act of marriage to correspond with love. Now what I want you to know is that there is a battle that's raging over the little God of love. You can't understand the little God of love until you know the triune God of love. And what greater love is this than a man lay down his life and die for you? So many people are looking for somebody to bring them love and fulfillment. Listen, until you, under, until you can get comfortable with yourself and you love yourself for the way God loved you, and the plan that God has for you. And the love God, Christ, unconditionally. When you can get to that place, then God can bring the companion in this earthly realm that you're looking for. But what God is trying to do today is to get you to a place that you understand the greatest love of all isn't naughty love, it's not naughty talk, but it's the reckless abandonment, the love that Jesus Christ has for you. You see, people are looking for love, and when they can't find love, they end up selling, settling for cheap sex. Matter of fact, if you go further into this list, Here's what it says. It lists all the fruits of the Spirit. It lists them out. I mean, you can go through them. Sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, haters, strives, jealous outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions. It goes through them all. And at the end it says, and such of these shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I love but the three-letter word, but. A conjunction in the Word of God makes all the difference. But look at what it says in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. And guess what? If you do these things, you'll never be arrested because there's no law against them. The very first one in the list of the fruits of the Spirit is sexual immorality. Immoral purity. The very first one in the list of the spirits is love. And people are looking for that love. And when they grow weary of looking for that great love, they end up settling. Why do they settle? Because there's a war that's raging. 
you've got the, the hound dogs of heaven against the hound dogs of hell, and there's a battle raging against one another. And when we grow weary of waiting, when we grow weary in well-doing, we end up settling for the counterfeit. God gives the ultimate love. When you have the right love, sex doesn't bring a greater love. It brings greater fulfillment from the greatest love. You can't reverse it. There's couples all the time say, well, I'm going to live with this person to make sure we're compatible, you know. Make sure that we work out. I want to I live with them, make sure, you know, I mean, we can't live together. There's no need to get married. And, you know, I mean, uh, it, we need to make sure that the sex is good. I mean, I've had people tell me that. Listen, good sex is not going to bring great love. Great love will bring great sex. Sex isn't bad. Matter of fact, God says it's wonderful. It's bad when it's been hijacked by the forces of the world and the desire of the flesh. Now, here's what God says. I've got the greatest thing in the world for you. I can love you like nobody else can. And today, right where you are, in your brokenness, maybe, you've been, maybe you're a young woman here and you've been giving your body up Maybe you've been one of those people I was talking about earlier. You've just been thinking, man, if I just have sex, I'll eventually find a guy that loves me. And maybe you're one of those uh, Romeos that thinks, man, I've been trying to romance so that I can have sex. Listen today. Why don't you just declare victory in the war over love and say nobody can love me more than Jesus. Now, I'm not here telling you today that if you'll give your heart to Jesus, you'll never struggle with pornography. I'm not here telling you today that you'll never have another lustful action, another lustful thought. I'm not telling you that. Listen, as long as you're alive, there's going to be the battle that rages between the spirit and the flesh. But here's what I am telling you, that you can be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. All around this world, young women are giving themselves away because they're looking for somebody to love them. Today, I want you to know, young ladies, regardless of what the world says, you don't have to give yourself away to any man. If you'll just give yourself away to Jesus Christ, he'll bring you a peace that will begin to pass all understanding. Now, I know this has been a pretty uncomfortable message, pretty frank, pretty much in your face, not really what you wanted to hear. But listen, there not there a battle raging over this? It's high time that we rise up as born-again believers and say, you know what? I will not settle for a trinket, God. I will not settle for a counterfeit. I will not settle for cheap sex when I have the most costly love that the world has ever known. What Jesus Christ has done for me. Maybe you're there at home thinking, my goodness, what in the world is this preacher preaching? I'm preaching to you this thought today that you don't have to settle you don't have to settle for anything less than the ultimate unconditional love that God has given you. Today, call it, call the battle over. You don't have to fight this battle anymore. You can win it in Jesus' name. You can be set free.
This ministry would not be possible without these partners. Tapping Ground Coffee Shop in downtown Alexandria. If you're looking for a great place to hang out or have a break and a wonderful cup of coffee, please stop by and see Jeff and thank him for his support of our ministry. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754. 